Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, we're chatting here with the newly announced candidate for governor, Greg Hughes. You know him. He's been uh, around for some time, uh, led the, the House of Representatives here in the state of Utah as speaker, is a businessman. Uh, well, well, I'll tell you what. I won't deliver the bio. Sir, thank you for being here. Uh, why don't you introduce I, yourself? I, I don't know if I can get my head around the fact that Lee, you're all grown up, man. I've known you so long. And you've got crazy, this right? fancy studio. If, yeah. if the listeners could see, his name is everywhere. It's mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's he's he's gone Hollywood on us. That's he right. Is. That's so, right. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Thank I you. appreciate it. I really you made did. an announcement this morning. I sure did. So I was at a, as an automotive repair place. It's one I've been going and taking my automobile to since my early 20s. It's a family that uh, immigrated here from Vietnam. And... Uh, their story, it's a harrowing one. I love this family. When I was a broke college student, they would let me make payments on my repairs. And, um, you know, I wanted to hold this announcement there because they are Utah to me. They came to this country, uh, came to this state, and they were, it's a state that welcomed them. And if you, lo- if you spoke with them, they would tell you that, you know, cars are expensive in people's lives, and they trusted them, and they've had this family business all this time. I came here broke as a student, and I made my way. Uh, and so I think if you in Utah... Somewhere along your line, people came, they made their, you know, they needed a chance, and this state has provided it in, in such abundance. And so I just thought that would be an appropriate place to start. And you know what, Lee, it's, um, it's, I'm excited. I'm excited that the state that we have, I don't think this writes itself. I don't think you get to over 3 million people and you see the quality of life and all the growth. Uh, and it's just going to happen. I think if you're not being smart about some of this stuff, we're going to slide back. And it's probably from my time being in the legislature and as speaker, I, I see this and I think I have something to contribute in this race. There are a number of other individuals running for governor. We've yeah. spoken to many of them here. We've had them in studio. They're all easy. They're all just like walk. I mean, it's just it's, what a weak field this is, huh? <laughs> it is. It's a powerhouse <laughs> field, man. I know. What sets I you know. apart? Well, why should folks choose you uh, over, say, folks like Spencer Cox and yeah, John Huntsman, and, and, and Amy look, Winter let me, Newton? Let me tell you something. I do. I actually do this. I mean, don't. I don't hope people aren't cynical when they hear this. I actually think this whole state's going to win when you have deep a deep pool of good candidates, and we have a robust debate. I do think that there's some heavy lifting coming for this next governor, and I think there's no better way to prepare for that uh, than to have the the you know the voters uh, you know, make a vote of conscience, but pick the one that is really making the best and strongest case because there's a case that has to be made. We have a former governor, we have a current lieutenant governor, a successful business person, a former party chair and national committeeman. We have a, a county councilwoman from Salt Lake County. What I bring to this race is I think that. We're going to hear a lot of issues. I think we'll sound very similar, actually, because some of the issues that we confront in this this state are obvious. What I bring, Lee, is I think I bring uh, some measurables, some deliverables. We've we've tackled some very difficult issues here. And when you do that, you kind of get beat up sometimes. Mm -hmm. And what you don't want in politics are the types that say, you know, I'll say nothing to offend no one. Uh, Where are the people going so I can lead them there? This state, collectively, we have to have some discussions, conversations. The economy is changing right out from under our feet. It's changing very quickly. What does that mean? How do we move forward? When we talk about infrastructure like emerging workforce, 
my daughter is one of these college students that will be emerging workforce soon. Mm-hmm. Just as a dad, not as a candidate, I want her to live here. I'd love for, for her to grow up in Utah or to have a family and, and have her close to me and my other kids here. If the cost of living keeps going up, if quality of life doesn't uh, stay the pace that it's been, we'll see uh, our emerging workforce have to or decide to leave. And that will not be good for the state. So those are kind of the things that are on my mind. And I think we're going to show some, again, measurables, what you do. We're not going to talk in platitudes. And I think we're going to bring a, a real robust debate to this campaign. I want to get to a couple of issues here in just a moment, but let's go backwards a second. You yeah. you, you spoke of the the example set by the folks who run the automotive place. Uh, you made reference to yourself making your own way here in the state of Utah. Talk to us about what it was like and what way you made for yourself. Sure. What's, so, your, what's your professional background? So, look, so I am, I, well, before we get to the back, my professional background, look, my mother was a single mother. I had a, a you know, my life and how I grew up in we were, I would, I would argue, didn't know at the time, but we were poor. Um, it, it informs the person that I am today and the decisions that I make. And when I came here, the uh, the opportunities that I had to be able to to start a small business, and I have a business. My business partner and I, we started in '94, and we're still business partners today. Uh, it's in it's in multifamily apartments in real estate, and it's a state that's grown. So that is a good place to be. Sure, we're a small fish, and I think I've spent a lot of time in public service as well. But uh, Lee, this idea that you can come to a state and uh, and you can make your way and that you can have these opportunities, I consider myself the little guy. Okay, I couldn't announce today if I didn't start a long time ago raising money. I needed a long runway to get going. And the people that I think that were at that garage in that service bay this this morning, they're the average Joe, the average Jane. It's and and that is what this state is made up with, with and that's who I'm going to make my campaign directly uh, for and on behalf of is the average people, average average everyday people of the state. We're speaking to former Speaker of the Utah House, Greg Hughes, announced just this morning that he will be running for governor of this great state. Now, i got to ask you, uh, did you plan all this stuff going on in Iran? You're competing with some heavy news uh, stuff yeah, today so on Announcement what, what, Day. It's Murphy's Law for me, man. How am I supposed to get it when there's, like, scary things going on right now? There's, like, serious stuff. So, yeah, I, I did not plan this. Of course I did not. So it's uh, – but, you know what? We start out talking about our troops when we start sure. our event saying how much we love, appreciate, we understand the sacrifice, and we just hope that our – Men and women in the military are, are okay and safe. Sure, sure. Regardless of where you stand on what happened sure. last night, the motivation, right. the, the justification. Not, let's not politicize it. Let's just right. be there for, as Americans. And more than anything, be grateful that the news out of the uh, Pentagon this morning and late last night was that no American servicemen uh, or women were killed Thankfully. Uh, in these yep. attacks. It's a uh, on to some issues. Yes. Tax reform. Yes. Where are you? So I, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great learning curve to be in the legislature for 16 years. And now the last year I've been out, I sit out here in the cheap seats. And it's, a, it's been hard to track. It's been hard to understand as the tax reform as it's been built. What I've realized, Lee, and I've, I was part of the 2007 Huntsman Tax Reformer Tax Cuts. Uh, notice the name we used. Which, which very specifically lowered the, the tax on foods. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we took we took the state portion of tax off of food, and we also made a flatter income tax right. in, in that effort. And But you call it the huntsman, even though the legislative process is still the same. Uh, if you look at federally, if you look at the, um, whether it was the John F. Kennedy tax cuts or the Reagan tax cuts or the Bush tax cuts or Trump tax cuts, we st- always we always point to the executive officer, whether it be the president or the governor. And because they have the bully pulpit and they can help explain what it is this reform would look like or what you're doing. The title of this tax reform or what I heard it referred to as is the legislative 
tax reform. And if that's the title and you're not seeing the chief executive, if you're not seeing the governor out there with the bully pulpit explaining to the public, it is no wonder that people are worried or concerned or there is this uh, recoil. If I can't, and this isn't to say that the public isn't informed, but the legislature is built in strength by numbers. The governor has to be out front and really make this case. There were 70, there wasn't one no vote in 07 for that tax reform or in the House or the Senate. I really feel that you need a governor that really weighs in. And so my, my answer to tax reform is it's, it's, it's a, it, it does a lot of different things. There's moving parts. It's always going to be, I think, uh, there's going to be worry about it because I don't think that there's a, a deep well of understanding. On the measure, which was recently voted upon in the special session of the Utah legislature, hypothetically, if you're still in the legislature, in which direction do you cast your vote? I, I, uh, that hypothetical puts me in a place where I wouldn't have been in the first place. We would have, I think the process would have been different, the, uh, the way that that bill works, if I were Speaker. I'm not, and I, I'm not stepping on the toes of my colleagues I love, and, but it's, it would probably be a different uh, process if I were there. Former Representative Fred Cox is behind a, a referendum effort. Uh, have you yes. had communication with him, and where do you stand on his efforts? No, you know, I love uh, Fred Cox. He's he's a great representative. He's super uh, just knowledgeable, and he really thinks things through. Um, I'm not a big I, – I, I don't support – I hate selective logic or selective uh, outrage or whatever we want to call it. Um, I don't Referendums, initiatives, by signature, I, I look for that – deeper or higher uh voting information cycle so i'm not a i'm not a fan of referendums and initiatives i lived through the referendum on vouchers and i felt like uh, that became a you, know, you had the pros and the cons you had the sides that were arguing that on tv and in the election and lawmakers who really had to vote on that i almost felt like i was stuck on the sidelines in that in that debate so I'm not a fan of referendums, and I don't pick it by issue. I just, I'm, I'm not uh, supportive of it. Y- your name won't be found among those uh, signing these petitions? No. Okay. Very, uh, last question, and I'm sorry that, to, that this issue we're going to have to cram oh, into about 60 so seconds. Uh, your name is also not included amongst those who are seeking signatures. Why is that? I thought about signatures, it. Signatures uh, uh, to, to, to get yourself yeah, on, to the be on the primary ballot. I'm, I'm looking to only qualify for that primary if I can earn the support of delegates in the Republican convention. When I thought about getting signatures, I had to be honest with myself. If I was going to get signatures, it would be because I was afraid I would not be able to make my case to delegates and earn their support. I'm not a, I'm not someone who likes to make decisions based in fear or out of fear. And so I think it's a great refiner's fire. I believe in the co- convention process. I've been through it a number of times as a state lawmaker. I think it's high information. Again, higher information is where I love the public debate to occur. So I am going there and it's a, I'm not. I'm not uh, fooling myself. I know it's a high hill, but uh, it doesn't get any easier as you keep going. So I got to I got to sh- prove my worth and my chops early on. Former Speaker of the Utah House, Greg Hughes, I'm grateful to you for joining us here in studio. Let's be sure that uh, we're communicating as this race continues. Uh, and let me just tell you, folks listening, that we have made a, an earnest effort to speak to all these candidates. And we will continue to do so as this race continues because someone on that list will be the governor of this great state. And will, after uh, Governor Herbert is through with his term, uh, take on the mantle of leading this state as, as its chief executive. Uh, former Speaker Hughes. Thank you, sir. Great Thank to you. you for being in here. You. Likewise, sir.
Uh, listen, lots are still ahead here on today's episode of Live Mike, episode 17. Thanks for hanging on through it all. We're going to talk more about what happened last night uh, originating in Iran, uh, missiles being fired into Iraq. The president spoke, uh, gave a reaction. We're going to walk through some of his comments. And more than that, we're going to ask the questions, what is coming next? What does it mean? And what should you and I know about this whole deal in Iran? I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, and you're listening to KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.